Good morning, everyone. I didn't even hear a response to that. Good morning, everyone. <laughs> this is the day the Lord has made, and we do rejoice and be glad in it. Welcome to the church. Welcome to this time of worship. Uh, just a few announcements. I know we have a few visitors today, probably many with the same address, but uh, who's a visitor? Oh, look at all of you. Would you like to stand up and say hello and introduce yourselves? Hello. <laughs> Good. You do as you're told well. Okay, welcome. <laughs> okay, welcome, Chuck and Judy. And in the back? Oh, good. Welcome. Welcome. All right, who else? I thought I saw more hands than that. Well, we're glad you're here. And as everybody signs the attendance books, please put your names and contact information in the attendance book also so we can get in touch with you. Everybody made it okay in through past the chargers and all? Okay, good. That was a practice run because next week, same thing. And next week will be Jason, Pastor Jason's first service here, beginning his long-term ministry with us. So we will be celebrating his presence and his ministry. And because it's the first Sunday of the month, we will also be having our first Sunday potluck. So bring your favorite dish, come and be ready to enjoy food fellowship celebration. So be here next Sunday with food. Um, we have the, the date and time firm for Johnny Ernest's service, and it will be Sunday the 11th at 12.30. Uh, so just plan on that, put that on your calendars, because I know we do not want to miss that. So now we will have a few moments in which you can greet one another, and Cornell, you're going to do the chimes, right? Okay. So when you hear Cornell play the chimes, then please go back to your seat. All right, it's working. <laughs> and now if you would stand as we call ourselves to worship. Listening, God, from the least to the last, you hear and answer our prayers. Faithful God, you offer abiding hope to all who place their trust in you. 
forgiving God, you are indeed the hope of all people and all creation. In your sanctuary amongst the people of God, we know your peace. We come, and in your mercy, generous God, you have quieted our heart. Joyous praise and reverent honor is forever due to our awesome God. Amen. Eternal God, open our eyes to see your hand at work in the splendor of creation and in the beauty of human life. Touched by your hand, our world is holy. Help us to cherish the gifts that surround us, to share our blessings with our brothers and sisters, and to experience the joy of life in your presence through Jesus Christ, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God, forever and ever. Amen. And uh, I had scheduled a moment for mission, and so you may be seated, and we will do that before we uh, have our opening hymn. So you may be seated, and welcome. I don't know if you remember Dr. Freddy from Egypt, and when Charles was in Egypt, he met him there, and he came and spoke at session the other night, and then he and Carlina and I met this week also. But he's just going to give a, a brief update on the wonderful ministry that he is doing in Egypt with the hospitals, with healing, curing people, and with relationships with the Muslims. So, Dr. Freddie, I turn it over to you, and I'm going to step aside. Good morning. Uh, I'm glad to be with you again. Uh, last time I was here in uh, last November. Uh, the past seven months, actually, a lot of things happened in Egypt. For those of you who haven't heard before about uh, SMC, Salam Medical Center, uh, ministry in Egypt. It started 22 years ago. Uh, I came with this vision to uh, our church. I came from a, a Presbyterian church. And it's very interesting to let you know that uh, my church is a very small church. It has only 35 members, 35. Uh, we don't have any resources, but we had this vision to reach out to the, the people who hate us, to show our faith in a practical way in a community where we are not allowed to speak about your faith. If you speak about your faith to a non-Christian and they accuse you of evangelism, you'll be put in prison for that. So we had this vision how to reach out to non-Christians, to Muslims, and to supply the needs. There's a great need for health care. Most of the people cannot afford getting any quality health care. So we started by a small clinic, uh, invited Christians and Muslims to work together. It was very hard at the beginning and very uh, unique experience to the community to see Christians and Muslims working together in a Christian place owned by the church. So we started by a small clinic serving the community. We served in the first year 2,000 patients. Last year we served over 30,000 patients. So imagine a church of 35 members reaching out 30,000 a year. It's not about us, it's not about the, our abilities, our resources, it's about him. Uh, and I shared this in the session, I, it's exactly like the miracle of the five, uh, five uh, loaves and the two fishes. 
when the child put it in the hands of the Lord and he blessed it, he was able to feed more than 5,000. It's the same thing. We, we didn't have much resources, but we had faith in him, and he did everything. We, I can tell you for hours about stories, about challenges we faced in the past 22 uh, years, and how the Lord gave us, he humbled us by the blessings we gave. The, 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 the building grew up. The number of patients increased enormously. The vision grew up. Uh, last month, I was in Geneva, Switzerland. The United Nations Institution uh, chose SMC as a Middle East model for peacemaking and reconciliation in the Middle East. Uh, we are humbled by what the Lord is doing through us. Uh, the, 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 the hospital actually couldn't be doing what they are doing uh, without support from friends like you, from people who actually believe in the ministry. Uh, along the service, people change. Muslims start to know about our faith. They start to ask when they, show, when they see the real love in action, when they see the real faith uh, acted out. They start to ask us, why are you doing so? Why are you helping us while we hate you? Why are you treating our children while fund fundamental Muslims kill your children? And then it's time to speak about. In the past seven months, we have some good news and some very good news. The good news actually is that uh, it is the hardest time in the economy in Egypt with the inflation going very hard. The, the prices went like four times. Uh, people are in very great financial oppression. Doesn't seem like good news, right? But I believe it is good news because in these hard times, people tend to cry to God. People tend to come closer. Churches become close to each other. They forget about denominational differences. And people are more tender to the touch of love and the touch of healing. And the very good news is that in spite of all these challenges, we were able to implement the most successful programs in SMC. We were able to do uh, the antenatal care program for pregnant women who cannot afford going to a doctor. We, we, serve, we, we, we did 200 women completely free of charge, all antenatal care, including ultrasound and lab tests and medical visits. We did many educational programs, healthcare education to the community people. Of course, it's all free of charge. We, we, we made a campaign against some bad health habits, uh, and it was very successful, very much appreciated. Uh, I don't want to take much time. If you maybe if you have some time after the church, we can have some discussion. If you have questions, I can answer to you. Uh, but I'm here to encourage you with what the Lord is doing through us, uh, what the Lord is blessing our our country, our community, and we see lives of people change through our faith when it is actually manifested in in action, in uh, in practical uh, service, in love to to the people who sometimes hate us. Uh, I encourage you to keep praying for us, to keep supporting SMC. Uh, we can have in the church some brochures, more information about SMC and how to support it. I encourage you to come to, the, to our area. It's, it's safe now if you are traveling in the Middle East. Come to Egypt, enjoy the, the history and the uh, beauty of Egypt, and visit SMC. We'll be very happy to, to see you there. Thank you so much. Thank you, Dr. Freddie, and he'll be available after worship. There are brochures out in the narthex, and you will be hearing more about his ministry and his mission there. So now, would you please stand for our hymn of praise?
right, you may be seated, and if all the children and youth would come forward, Anne has a message for you. Is it on? A couple weeks ago, I was able to go to visit my brother, and he lives in, he lives in, um, outside of Denver. He lives in Colorado. So, do you know what they call Denver? It's a mile-high city. Do you know what a mile-high city would be? Really high. But (laughs) my brother lives even higher than that. He lives high in the mountains. And one day I said, oh, I'll just go out and I will get your mail for you. So I went down the hill to get the mail And when I came back up, I learned what altitude would do to you. It's really, really high. But he has this nice stream in front of his home. And it's very peaceful. And I would like to go and take my shoes off and put my feet in the water and sit down and look at the beauty that surrounded me. There were these high mountains, beautiful trees, the aspens with their leaves fluttering. And I thank God for being in such a beautiful spot. There were even some stones that I could walk across that that, uh, stream without getting my shoes wet. Jackson, do you think you could walk across that stream? Let's see if you can find the right stepping stones. Pretty easy for him, and he didn't get his shoes wet either. (laughs) Now, the amazing thing is that in the spring, when it's raining and the snow in the mountains is starting to melt, this stream isn't calm and peaceful anymore. I have my two helpers come and show me what maybe, maybe one of you can show me what that stream might look like in the, win- in the spring. Oh my, it's very scary. It gets deep and I can't even see the stones that might have been there that I used to step on. Thank you. Now. At the end, or at the another end of the stream, there's this big rock just downstream. And I notice when that water is flowing, that rock is secure and safe. And you can go and you can sit on that and be sure that you are safe. You can watch the scary waters fly by, float by and feel that you are calm again. It reminds me of a verse in 2 Samuel, see if I can find it. Um, 2 Samuel, 22nd chapter, verse 2. The Lord is my rock and my fortress. He's the God of strength that I will trust. And I thought of that, and I thought, that is so right with the rock that I saw. It's very secure. And I could cling to it and not feel upset about anything. You know, sometimes 
my stomach kind of feels like that, that stream that was so full of water and it was bouncing around downhill. And I think, I can cling to that rock. I know that God is with me. And even though I might have lost a library book and I have to tell my parents that I owe $12, or maybe there's a baseball game and my team is playing the best team in the group and I have to pitch against that team, has anything like that ever happened to you? Mm -hmm. Have you ever felt that feeling in your stomach like you're scared? Well, I want you to think about that. And I brought some rocks. Some of these might have come from that stream. I want you, if you'd like, you can take one of these rocks and you can maybe tell somebody the story about the rock. The rock, our God, who is so strong and secure. And you can hold on to this and remind, to remind you of how good our God is. Would you like a rock? You can choose. Some of them might have come from there. You can come and take a rock if you'd like. Do you want a rock? Anybody? You can come get one. Anyone else? No? Nathaniel, you don't want a rock? Thank you. And you may now go back to your class. We're going to continue here again in worship. Worship is many things. Part of that is listening to what is said today. And part of that is participating ourselves and centering our minds and hearts so for the next 15 minutes, let's lift our voices in song. Here we go. Nothing can separate, even if I ran away, your love never fades. Mercies for me every day. Your love never fails. You stay the same through the ages. Your love never changes. There may be pain in the night, but joy comes in the morning. Thank you. 
What a wonderful name it is, the name of Where my help come 
give me wisdom you know just what to do God I look to
Thank you, band. Remember, our Lord can sympathize with us in our weaknesses, since in every aspect he was tempted as we are, yet without sin. Let us then with boldness approach the throne of grace, that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in times of need. Let us confess together our sins against God and neighbor. Please join me. Holy and merciful God, in your presence we confess our sinfulness, our shortcomings, and our offenses against you. You alone know how often we have sinned in wandering from your ways, in wasting your gifts, in forgetting your love. Have mercy on us, O Lord, for we are ashamed and sorry for all we have done to displease you. Forgive our sins and help us to live in your light and walk in your ways for the sake of Jesus Christ, our Savior. Amen. The mercy of the Lord is from everlasting to everlasting. I declare to you in the name of Jesus Christ, you are forgiven. May the God of mercy who forgives you all your sins strengthen you in all goodness and by the power of the Holy Spirit keep you in eternal life. Amen.
It has been said that to deliver a good sermon requires a good beginning and a good ending. And those two should be as close together as possible. <laughs> Captain Bly of Her Majesty's Ship Bounty was experiencing a strange form of internal turbulence as the result of a near mutiny. The overbearing and arrogant captain was forced to see a psychiatrist by order of the Commodore of the fleet. As soon as the captain became comfortable on the couch, the psychiatrist began the session by asking the captain, why don't you start at the beginning? And the captain said, okay, in the beginning I created the heaven and the earth. <laughs> I had met the Lord in 1953 in a Southern Baptist church in Henderson, Nevada. True to their nature, our baptism was by full immersion and was carried out in Lake Mead behind Boulder Dam. As I remember, I was one of a half a dozen to go through this process. As soon as, as I stood in waist deep water, I noticed the pastor say a prayer and with one hand on the back and the other on the chest, he gently pushed the person over on his back and under the water then he would raise them up again, completing the process. When it was my turn, he said his litany and pushed me over and under. Now I was getting a little bit concerned because I seemed to be under the water for a longer period of time than everybody else. Maybe he felt I needed a little more cleansing for my sins. This is the day the Lord has made. Rejoice and be glad in it. Go forth each day with a smile on your face and thankfulness in your heart for God's good grace. Good morning. I am Jim Clark, your substitute bridge pastor for the next 20 minutes or so. Would you pray with me? O Lord and Master of the universe, whose hand parted the Red Sea, and whose word can calm the most chaotic and tumultuous of waves. We cast our eyes upward and seek your peace when turbulence affects our lives. You, Lord, are our hope and our salvation. In you we put our faith and our very souls in your care. This I say in Jesus' name, amen. I want to talk to you today about how turbulence can affect our lives and what we must do to counter it. I will point out three basic kinds of turbulence, physical, emotional, and spiritual. This will also be an introspection as I will relate how each of these has affected me personally and how I was able to cope. How many of you here have ever been seasick? Hands, a few, count yourself fortunate if you haven't. I have a theory about why people get seasick. A ship in the ocean has three basic motions outside of just running flat and straight. One is pitch, where the ship, the bow of the ship goes up and down. 
The second motion is a roll, where the ship rolls over on its side. And the third motion is a yaw, where the ship will go flat and move in this manner. Now, getting used to any one of these is easy enough. If you're on a ship that's pitching, it's very easy to get used to that. You can get, get the feel for it. But when you combine two or three of these together, it really messes up your, your interior equilibrium and causes chaos in your inner parts, if you know what I mean. And don't always count on Dramamine or patches behind the ear because sometimes they work and sometimes they don't. It helps if there's some kind of a landmark that you can focus, fix your eyes on and focus, such as a tree on an exotic island paradise or a distant ship. This helps give you some stability. But in the middle of the Pacific Ocean, no such luck. This is where I found myself in October of 1957 in the Pacific on the way to the Far East. I had been seasick before, but never like this. This bout lasted several days and nights. To give you an idea how bad it was, when we boarded the ship, they gave us a meal card, a meal pass. Now this meal pass was fairly large. It had 50 numbers on it, one to 50. And as we went to the mess for a meal, they would punch a number out. <coughs> Maybe one breakfast on the first day was one, lunch two, dinner three, and so forth. Now as it took 16 days to transit the ocean, one could conceivably have had 16 times three or 48 holes punched in their card. When we finally got to Okinawa, my card had 13 holes in it. <laughs> I point this out to explain one form of turbulence that affects you physically. You might be also affected physically and emotionally by a failed marriage, loss of a job, sickness of a loved one, death of a spouse, financial problems, or even dealing with an addiction. All can create turbulence in your life. I can speak again from experience when in a short two and a half months, I lost both my younger sister, Barbara, and then the love of my life, Maureen. It felt like the whole world was coming down around me. It then became all about me. What am I going to do? I am now all alone. My usual routines have been turned upside down. Conversations have ended. Eating habits are random. All of a sudden I realized that what was important to me just days before were no longer so. So many other things that occupied my mind competed for attention. I felt, among other things, that I did not fear death. After all, I am the last remaining member of my family. What is there to live for? But God knew of my travail, my pain, and my sorrow. 
I did not realize that he would eventually bring me out of my distress. From our Bible verses this morning, in Psalm, I have 65 first. There you go. By awesome deeds you answer us with righteousness, deliverance, O God of our salvation. You are the hope of all the ends of the earth and of the farthest seas. By your strength you establish the mountains. You are girded with might. You silence the roaring of the seas, the roaring of the waves. And my book says the tumult of the people. And in Psalm 107, Some went down to the sea in ships, doing business on the mighty waters. They saw the deeds of the Lord, his wondrous works in the deep. For he commanded and raised the stormy wind, which lifted up the waves of the sea. They mounted up to heaven and they went down to the depths. Their courage, they're talking about the people on the boat, melted away in their calamity. They reeled and staggered like drunkards and were at their wit's end. Then they cried to the Lord in their trouble, and he brought them out from their distress. He made the storm be still, and the waves of the sea were hushed. This is the word of the Lord. Now in the field of aeronautics, there is a specific type of turbulence that can have sometimes disastrous consequences. And I'm not referring to the turbulence one experiences in an airplane at high altitude. This is the kind of turbulence where a large airplane is taking off from a runway, followed by a smaller aircraft. Now, when the large plane is moving, a vortex is formed from the wingtips of the big plane. And it trails behind at ground level. This is known as wake turbulence. The smaller plane takes off from the runway and gets caught up in this, these vortexes, causing the pilot to lose control of the plane as the plane may whip from side to side and even flip over and crash. We might relate this in some ways to a person or persons who get caught up in the turbulent behavior of another person. As we attempt to try to help that person, we would have to experience the exact same kind of turbulence they're feeling to understand what they're going through. This is not a healthy condition. Once again, it is best left for God to handle. Back off, let the turbulence go, pray and let God be the one to bring them out of their distress. I might also mention that the Stephen Ministry is a is program is a great example of the kind of aid these people could avail themselves of should they so desire. And then there is this turbulence that affects you spiritually. 
Again, I'm going to speak from experience, and if you allow me, I'll use nautical terminology to explain my plight. In October of 1957, we finally arrived in Okinawa for a two-year service obligation with a battalion. I was now away from my church, away from my pastor, away from all my friends and family, essentially away from my comfort zone. And it was just too easy to get away from God. In those short four years, my personal roots had not grown deep enough. Now, I believe had a Satan had a hand in my undoing, and I succumbed to his temptation. But I did not count on the plan God had for my life. And when God has a plan for your life, he will do everything necessary to make sure it comes to fruition, no matter how long it takes or how old you become. You just must be open and ready when he calls. In Jeremiah chapter 29, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. My long journey back covered a period of 58 years. I hope you understand some of the metaphors I use in this story. My journey had started out on a positive note. I had recently met the commander and felt that my life was truly beginning on an even keel. I had to learn how to sail according to his book of instructions. He provided me with a sturdy boat, the finest sails, and short-charged a course for me to follow. It was smooth sailing, the winds propelling me over the waves in such a fluid motion that it belied understanding. I had it all. And then somewhere down the line, my journey took a violent turn. I had made the decision to become the captain of my boat and steer my course. I soon ran into such turbulence in a roiling sea that the rudder that keeps the ship on course was damaged. I was now floundering in a sea of indecision and uncertainty. At times, the boat would seem to correct itself. The sails would fill and my spirits would soar, so that I decided to retake control of the helm and get back on my course. I again ran into a turbulent sea. Pitching, rolling, and yawing, and wandering aimlessly, only to be brought back on course time and time again. It seems that I did not learn from those previous encounters of good fortune, electing instead to go my own way, willing myself and my boat to a higher performance we simply could not obtain. When I felt that I was at the end of my rope, my hope and my spirit deserted me and my life was like a boat clinging to the crest of a wave about to plummet into the abyss of an angry and violent sea. I somehow ended up on solid ground. And there was the commander welcoming me back as if he knew all along I would once again return. 
I worked very hard to repair the damage that I had caused to my rudder, my directional control, so that I could steer the boat on the course that he set for me. I also worked just as hard to repair the relationship with my commander. It was his unconditional love that stilled and tamed the turbulence that had surrounded me for much of my life. I had indeed learned from the errors of my waves. I am now embarking on his course. I realize that it will not all be smooth sailing, but with his guidance and companionship, together we can navigate and weather any storm. Can I have an amen? In Mark chapter 4, verse 39, he woke up and rebuked the wind and said to the sea, Peace, be still. And the wind ceased, and there was dead calm. I consider myself both, both most fortunate. Although I had abandoned my God, he did not abandon me. His patience with me throughout those 58 years spoke volumes about his love for me. I felt that I had wasted a large portion of my life on my own pursuits, time that could have been spent more productively in his service. I count myself among many that I've read about in the Bible that God had plans for in their life at a later stage of their life. Moses, Noah, Job, Abraham, and Sarah come to mind. In retrospect, I look at my life being in two parts. The first half ended with Maureen, with the passing of Maureen. I was 80 years old. And the second half began that same moment as I was at the lowest step of my life. C.S. Lewis said, you are never too old to set a new goal or dream a new dream. And in Ruth chapter 4, verse 15, he will renew your life and sustain you in your old age. Now in Exodus chapter 7, verses 6 to 9, so Moses and Aaron did just as the Lord had commanded them. Moses was 80 years old and Aaron was 83 when they first made their demands to Pharaoh. And in Genesis chapter 21, verses 1 to 3, now the Lord was gracious to Sarah as he had said, and the Lord did for Sarah what he had promised. Sarah became pregnant and bore a son to Abraham in his old age. Abraham was 100 years old, and Sarah was 90 when Isaac was born. Just what is this message I have for you this morning? I have witnessed too many Christians, myself included, perfectly comfortable in their earthly condition, as if God will make known his plans for the life some, somewhere down the road. This was wishful thinking. Maybe it was because my life was at its lowest that I asked for God's help and understanding. I'm sure many of you have experienced a low point in your life at one time or another. I have since expressed my unconditional love, pleaded for forgiveness, and told the Lord that he created me and that I belong to him that my life was his to command 
and that I live to do his will. And here I am asking you to do the same. Some of you might have already. You know the feeling and the blessings that follow. I believe God knows our abilities for he gave them to us. He would not ask you to do something that you are incapable of, rather to nurture what you have within you. There's a lot of work that God requires of us. I do not have the ability or the talent of music. Many of you do. I find it very difficult to relate to persons who are sick or at death's door. Many of you can. God has given me the ability of writing poems, devotionals, and the ability to speak to you as I'm doing now. What is your special God-given ability that you could use for the glory of God? Would you pray with me? Most gracious Lord Jesus, I ask you to bless each person here today for they are my brothers and sisters, and I love each and every one of them. I know relationships are important to you, and I value the relationships I have with my brethren, and especially with you, my Lord and Savior. And when turbulence affects our lives, I pray we have the sense to turn to you. For as you have tamed the turbulence in my life, you will do the same for my brothers and sisters. In Jesus' name. Amen. Now, you know I finish every sermon with a poem. And I wanted to have a poem about turbulence to conclude this service. Since there are several kinds of turbulence, I chose the one I believe affects our psyche the most, that of a loved one who passes on to their eternity. And I titled it Turbulence. How great the anguish when a loved one departs, the void, a silence overwhelming, an ache in the core of our hearts. A loneliness claims us, a tear forms in the eye. We cannot accept the moment. We do not want to say goodbye. A turbulence fills our being. What am I to do? Where am I to go? Conflicting thoughts race to and fro, a looming darkness as a giant shadow. And then our mind starts to clear. We must plan, we must survive. Out of a stupor, we act on their wish. Make use of the fact you are still alive. The solace I seek, the understanding, no human can offer to console. Mere words cannot satisfy to soothe or comfort the soul. So it is to him that I turn to at the lowest step of my life to quiet this turbulence and calm these tremors of strife. As time is the great healer, we endure, we adjust, we modify, for I know we will meet again. And as such, I refuse to ever say goodbye. Thank you all very much. Please stand.
You may be seated. And now, remembering that God loves a cheerful giver, you have the opportunity to cheerfully give your tithes and offerings. So with the ushers, please come forward. Sometimes my life just don't make sense at all When the mountains look so big And my faith just seems so small So hold me, Jesus Cause I'm shaking like a leaf You've been my King of glory Won't you be
You may be seated. As we go into this time of prayer, I need to announce to you the passing of Marilyn Christie this week. And the past two weeks, she has been in excruciating pain, has been in and out of the hospital, and after spending a few days there, they sent her home with the diagnosis that there was absolutely nothing they could do for the pain. Not medication, not treatments, the excruciating pain remained. She chose not to live like that. Her services, we will be letting you know the dates and time, but there will be service here. So, so now let us go before God. Almighty God, you have promised where two or three are gathered together in Jesus' name, you will be with them. And so we come together confident in your love and mercy to bring before you the concerns of our hearts for ourselves, our loved ones, and the whole world. Fulfill our desires and petitions as may be best for us, and that we may serve your will and show your steadfast love. We give thanks for Pastor Jason as he prepares to begin his ministry here this week. Guide him and bless him in all that he does. We pray for those in various parts of our country and the world who are suffering in intense heat and weather conditions. Bring shelter and respite to all who need it. We know we cannot change the weather but we can help people survive. Sovereign God, you rule above all. Keep this nation under your care, we pray. Bless the leaders of our land that we may have people at peace among ourselves and a blessing to other nations of the earth. We pray that partisan politics may be traded for a cohesive government working as one for the good of all people. Compassionate God, we give you thanks for Dr. Freddie and his ministry in Egypt. We give thanks for the healing of the sick and the relationships between Christians and Muslims. And we ask that you continue to bless him, that this ministry may grow and grow and lives may be changed. We pray for the election process in our country as debates and speeches are being heard. We ask that candidates treat each other with kindness and fairness, and that each one's beliefs are clearly stated and people respectfully listen. We pray for an end to the many violent acts that news fills us with every day. We pray the people can solve their issues and concerns in more peaceful manners. Lord Jesus, as of old, the sick were brought to you for healing. So in our prayers, we bring you the sick in body, mind, and spirit, knowing of your love and healing power. Hear our prayers for those in anxious times, times of decision-making or uncertainty. Give them trust as they put themselves in your daily care and keeping. Heal the sick, Strengthen the weak, comfort the sorrowful, 
Send friends to the lonely. Be with Frank Ortiz and Joan Clamp. Give them renewed strength. Be with all who are dealing with a cancer diagnosis. Give shelter in the comfort of your wings to all who need it. We pray for the family of Marilyn Christie as they grieve the loss of one so dear. We thank you for her love and her faith and for all she meant to so many. Be with her family at this time and give them the comfort of knowing that nothing can separate us from your love. Grant us, O Lord, the grace always to think and do what accords with your purpose, that we who cannot exist without you may be enabled to live according to your will. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord, who taught us to pray, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts, as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen. And now would you please stand for the singing of our final hymn.
As Jim stated, we all have turbulence in our lives, and yet we can say, it is well with my soul. And now may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you, and may the Lord lift up the light of his countenance upon you and give you peace today and every day. Amen. Go in peace. This is Pastor Charles Fenson again, and we invite you at any point to come and worship with us here at Presbyterian Church of the Covenant in Costa Mesa. We trust that God has been honored by this worship service and that you have been blessed. God be with you.